Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Warren Goldberg. Warren, are you ready to do this? Good morning, George. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Warren is the president and certified mortgage planning specialist at Mortgage Wealth Advisors. I'm excited to have you on. Tell, Warren, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Why do I do what I do? Well, let's see. I am uh, married with uh, three daughters, a dog, a cat, and a rabbit living on Long Island. Uh, I have been uh, in the mortgage industry for almost 30 years now, and um, my practice has evolved over the years from, um, well, initially, typically, the typical sales where, you know, like all the banks just trying to sell mortgage products to becoming more of an advisor. And that's really where I, I got into uh, getting designation as a certified mortgage planning specialist. Um, my philosophy is that mortgages are financial instruments. And like all financial instruments, they should not be sold uh, to consumers. They should be integrated into their overall financial plan so that uh, all their financial in- instruments pull in the same direction. Well, I appreciate that very much. So I think that probably when when you tell somebody that, that you're a mortgage professional, they've probably met lots of other mortgage professionals before, right? It's kind of like I'm a real estate agent. They've probably met lots of real estate agents before. But the approach that you take is is definitely different, and, and, it's, and it's so important. Why don't more people do that? Um, people, you know, when, when someone's looking to buy a house, getting the mortgage is typically an afterthought. And the industry has done such a tremendous job of marketing uh, to people. So, you know, the the first thought someone has is, oh, I have my my checking and savings account at Bank XYZ. I'll talk to them about a mortgage. Or I I do my banking at the credit union. I'll talk to them because I'll save money. And at the end of the day, it really isn't true. Uh, No matter where you go to get your mortgage, at least for most products, the rates and closing costs are going to be virtually identical. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing is that it, it, like everything else, has been very commoditized. If we're talking about the world of investment management, uh, certainly new financial technology is driving that down to next to zero. And you now have online mortgage offerings and, and everything else. So that that differentiated approach, was was there something that, 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 that made you go down that path? Uh, yes, actually. So um, we all remember uh, prior to the 2008 real estate crash, um, there were more and more mortgage products coming onto the marketplace. Uh, it used to be that you know you can buy a house with 5% down, then 3% down. Then you could do 100% financing. Then you could do 100% financing without any income verification. Then you could do 125% financing. And you know people would be buying homes when... Frankly, they probably should not have been buying homes. You know, I tell people 
not everyone is made out to be a homeowner. There, you know, some people are better off renting just based on their uh, their lifestyle or or their financial situation. So I remember many times uh, people coming to me and saying, "I want to buy this house. Uh, do I qualify?" And I would sit down with them and we would discuss uh, the numbers, and they would ask me about the rates. And back then, this is probably around late 2007. Uh, 30 year fixed rates were, if I remember, somewhere around 6%, give or take. Mm-hmm. And they would say, oh, that's that's too high. I said, what do you mean that's too high? <laughs> the guy down the block, he's he's offering me a, a fixed rate at 2.5%. And I'd say, no, 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 you don't understand. The rate, that what he's quoting you is not a 30 year fixed rate loan. He's quoting you another product. Typically, it was an option arm which was an adjustable rate mortgage, gave the borrowers numerous um, options to pay interest only, principal and interest, or a payment calculated based on a 2%, a 2.5% interest rate. However, if you paid that lower payments based on that lower rate, it was a negatively amortizing loan. And I would explain this to them, and they would say, well, no, that's not what he said. The guy you know, down the block said it was a fixed rate, and you know, he can get it to me, and well, if he can get me 2.5, I gotta give him the option. And I would say to them, look, you don't know what you're getting into. Have someone explain this to you. And you know, if you don't want to believe me, talk to someone else, but uh, go with God. And then a year or two later, they would come back to me, Warren, you've got to help me. I'm losing my house. You know, the, mm. the, the 2.5% uh, payments, uh, all of a sudden I owe thirty, forty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 more than what, uh, what I owed before. And now I'm underwater and the bank's going to take the house away. I said, I can't help you. There's nothing that I can do right now. You know, 2009, the products have changed. The industry has gotten much more conservative. You know, and I didn't, wouldn't, I didn't say it to them specifically this way, but I was saying to myself, you're screwed. You know, you, 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 you have this is, you, you're, you're, you're reaping what you sowed. Um, and um, you know, that's when my practice really started to change more to education rather than just to helping people to qualify for a mortgage. So as my practice evolved, um, it became more about working with financial advisors and CPAs, ensuring that what we do complements the financial plan that uh, their advisors put together, because we all have these different financial instruments. We have life insurance, we have investments, some people have wills and trusts, uh, and they all, you know, if you look at all these different financial services and financial instruments, if you boil them down to the core, they serve two functions. Protect the wealth that I have, help me build more wealth over time. And real estate and mortgages are no different because if you get into a house that's not the right house or you don't have the right mortgage, that payment becomes an albatross around your neck. You're living for the house, your house rich, cash poor. And I've seen many people where they've owned this house, they're, they're struggling to make the payments, and after 30 years, great, they own the house outright, but they have nothing else. They have no other assets, no retirement, because they were never able to afford to put money away because of their budget. That's not a way to live. So what I do is when I speak to my clients, it's not just about qualifying them for a mortgage. It's about finding out what makes them tick, what their lifestyle is like, what their cash flow is like, what their budget is like, uh, the level of financial sophistication. Um, we talk about what their needs versus wants are. And ultimately, I, uh, if they have other advisors like CPAs or financial advisors, I wish to coordinate with them so that I know that what I do will 
integrate into the plan that they've already put together rather than potentially working against the plan. That all makes perfect sense. That all makes perfect sense. I, I had some flashbacks there, Warren, when I heard option arm, negative am. What yield spread points also jumped into my head, and those are not terms that, that I've, I've heard for a very long time, and for good reason. But all that being said, I bet I bet there's all kinds of fancy new mortgage products that are probably going to be coming to the market if they haven't already. Um, yeah, history repeats itself. Yeah. And even back then, <laughs> the option arms weren't a bad product. They were meant for certain borrowers, certain sophisticated borrowers like um, some Wall Street traders where – they may have a modest salary, but maybe they made some decent bonuses every quarter, and they got a huge, um, you know, bonus at the end of the year. Uh, you know, those borrowers were able to leverage themselves better, where they could pay minimum payments, and then at the end of the year, when they get their bonus, they can uh, accelerate the loan and, and amortize it down further. It works for them. It wasn't meant for you know the bus driver uh, who has a, a modest salary and that's all. But yet there were salespeople, and I use that term very purposefully, there were these slick and sleazy salespeople in the boiler rooms who were selling these products to people who it wasn't meant for. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just like financial services today. There are sophisticated investments. There are not so sophisticated investments. Uh, the 85-year-old grandmother uh, who keeps all of her money in a CD should not be sold options, you know, by some salesperson. And frankly, typically they're not sold you know, those types of, uh, types of products. Yeah. But you, know, you have to know who you're dealing with. And, um, you know, laws have changed uh, after the, the crash. Now we have more of a fiduciary responsibility uh, to uh, the borrowers, which I think is a good thing. Uh, so, you know, thankfully the industry has changed, but believe me, there's still a lot of bad apples out there. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> 100%. So um, there's a couple of really important things that, that you've been talking about. Well, you've been talking about lots of important things. Um, when somebody comes to you and they say, well, how, how much can I qual- How much do I qualify for? I bet that that's such a common question, and we're so siloed in in this, this, this world to just be thinking about what's the rate, how much can I qualify for, without thinking about when I take on the biggest house that I can qualify for, I'm going to be behind the eight ball. It's to your, to your language. It's going to become this albatross that I'm never going to be able to get out from underneath. And, you know, people, I, I, I don't think that we really take that, they'll, they'll take the full picture, um, that if you buy this house, you're setting yourself back, you know, from a, a time value of money and opportunity cost of, you know, five years, 10 years, but that amount of time is going to impact your entire life. That's true. That's very true. You know, when I, when I speak to clients, everybody wants to know what they qualify for. It's very true. It's the first, typically one of the first questions that they ask. Uh, but I will respond to them. I'll ask them based on your budget and your lifestyle, what do you feel you want to pay every month for a housing payment? Mm-hmm. And it gets them thinking. And uh, you know, I'll ask them more about uh, you know what they spend their money on. Uh, how much are they saving right now? You know, maybe their maybe their rent payment is two thousand dollars a month, and they're saving five hundred dollars a month. Yet they feel they can afford uh, three or four thousand. And I'll ask them, you know, how, how do you feel you could afford four thousand if you're paying two thousand now and you're only saving five hundred dollars a month? There's no right answer. But it gets them thinking and talking so that I can uh, help um, 
design something better for them. Which is and that's that that's that's the trick right there is let's let's get the wheels turning, let's get out from this uh, simple. I'm I'm buying this product off the shelf, and you know I'm I'm just making orders here to let's have a conversation about how this really important thing is going to fit into your overall financial picture, not just today, but then years into the future. So I think that that's excellent, and I mean obviously I imagine that. <coughs> The, the higher a payment or the bigger the mortgage, you probably make more money. So there's probably financial incentive to be selling somebody or be helping somebody get the biggest mortgage as opposed to doing what you're doing, which is, hey, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here and let's figure out what the appropriate, you know, everything, the appropriate loan, down payment rate, all of those things is. So it's just that extra step, which is so valuable. Are there parameters that, 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 that you go through or, or try to follow when it comes to the down payment, when it comes to let's not let this payment be more than X percent of, of your take-home pay? I appreciate that everything is, is relative, but... Are you talking about the down payment or are you talking about the, the monthly payments? Both. So, over the years, I've had a lot of prospects talking to me, uh, asking about how much they would need for a down payment. Frankly, there's still this misconception out there where people think they still need 20% down to buy a house, and that's not true. You can buy a house with as little as 3% down. And even then, many times we can finance closing costs and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but there have been many uh, people who have spoken, who I've spoken to over the years, who have said to me they wish to wait longer. You know, they want to save more money for the down payment. Uh, in order uh, before they they go to buy a house, and sometimes it makes sense, but very often they're not appreciating the fact that typically, not always, but typically, home values rise. Okay, we've all seen in two thousand seven, eight, nine that they that you know they they dropped, uh, but they have since recovered in most areas. Uh, but if someone is looking to buy a house, for example, in two thousand ten, uh, someone looking to buy a house. They may say, well, you know what, I don't have enough money saved up for a down payment. Great. How much do you save uh, uh, every year, or how much do you think you can save in the course of a year towards that down payment? Maybe they'll say 30000 I'll say, okay. What happens if the value of the house or the, the, the type of house that you're looking for increases in value by 50000 over the course of this year? You've now lost um, essentially $20,000 of traction. Uh, they don't necessarily see that. And there have been many people who have just uh, waited and saved and waited and saved, and they've essentially priced themselves out of the marketplace. So depending upon their needs, depending upon what they can afford each month for housing payments, uh, sometimes it's worthwhile to put much less down. In fact, there are those that have their money invested and uh, their investments are doing quite well. Even if they can put 20% or more down, I very often recommend leaving the money invested where it's earning seven, eight, ten percent, and borrow the additional money at three percent, or, or you know whatever the rates are right now, because then they're arbitraging on their own money. They're earning more in their investments than the interest that they're paying. What about mortgage insurance? They, that is true. They also will have a mortgage insurance. So the mortgage insurance has to go into the equation. Uh, so you know we have to essentially um, convert that insurance payment into an equivalent interest rate uh, to see, still see if it makes sense. Got it, yeah. And that right there is is, is, is why 
you do what you do and and, and, and and the approach you take because, again, just looking at all these things in a vacuum doesn't make any sense. And this conversation about what the value of home equity is versus, you know, the value of liquidity and, and all of those things, those are those are important and big conversations. And I imagine um, that conversations people have probably never really had before. It happens very often uh, where someone says to me, you know what? I've spoken to a number of different mortgage people. No one has ever asked me the questions you're asking. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I'm glad. Uh, but it gets <laughs> them thinking, and, it, and it, it helps to ensure that ultimately what they are looking to do uh, is the right, uh, the right move. And sometimes it's not, and you know, we change directions or change gears. Uh, but you know, I try to maintain relationships with my clients for decades. And the last thing I want is for that borrower to come back to me uh, when I call them two, three, five years from now and say, I can't believe what you did to me. Mm. Yeah, that's not a fun conversation. No, absolutely not. I want them, I want them, I want, I want to keep these, these clients and friends for life. I want them to refer their friends and family to me. I don't want them to say, hey, stay away from this guy. He sold me a bill of goods. <laughs> Amen. Well, Warren, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Most people do not appreciate the importance of having good credit. Uh, Everybody knows that credit will affect whether you can qualify for a mortgage, how much you'll pay for a car loan, whether you'll pay a higher interest rate on a credit card or not. But most people don't realize that credit will also affect the rate that they pay on life insurance or automobile or homeowner's insurance, or even if they can get uh, life insurance. Uh, they don't realize that with many um, uh, job applications, uh, if you're applying for a job, the employer is also going to look at your credit or your credit ratings. Uh, if you work in financial services, you typically have to have a good credit in most states in order to um, you know, qualify for the licensing. Credit affects almost everything in your life, and if you don't have good credit, you will be paying more for almost everything um, uh, that you may pay, insurance and whatnot. So. You know, it's so important to, to guard your credit, to check your credit uh, once a year, make sure there aren't any mistakes on the credit, uh, and um, pay your bills on time. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Come on. Yes, pay your bills on time, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Warren, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Uh, my office, uh, my company website is www.mortgagewealth advisors.com we are located on Long Island licensed in New York and in Florida Uh, and uh, if you have uh, if anybody has questions they could also call my office 516-584-7218 perfect well Savage Nation if you enjoyed this as much as I did show Warren your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas go to mortgagewealthadvisors.com and I will list that and the phone number in the notes of the show Thanks again, Warren. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. 
go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.